dark I dive in Hope comes and stops us in our tracks Bravely we prove in our striving Trudging together each day Where there's a will, there's a way I'll say for the people who are going to hear this on my podcast that um, we're speaking with Dion Miller today. Mm-hmm. He has a recovery podcast. Tell Dion, will you tell people a little bit about yourself and then I can do the same. Yeah. You know, I think that's a, that's a great idea, Autumn. Thank you for having me on your show, my show. <laughs> <laughs> Our show. Um, and I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to having some other uh, conversations with you, uh, some deeper conversations with you. Um, we're doing this test this guys today because I think we have a very good match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my name is Dion Miller. I live in uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, I am coming up on five years of sobriety. Um, I have 16 years of combined sobriety. Um, I was a CAC when I was 19 years old. Um, I've been a drug and alcohol counselor for high schools. I've done family counseling. Um, I'm 50 now. <laughs> A little bit, little bit older, but I do a lot of podcasting. So my show is uh, Raw Recovery, and we talk about the harder subjects. So I interview people and try and, and make them as comfortable as possible so that we can talk about the harder topics. Things um, depth, the one, yeah. yeah, things that other people might be scared to talk about themselves, but they need to, they need to hear it. So that way they can be comfortable, too. Um, well, so many of the things we go through in recovery, really, you know, we we carry deep shame or deep mm-hmm. remorse or deep um, trauma around. But then, you know, once we start to hear that other people have experienced similar things, mm-hmm. then it doesn't weigh so heavily on us. Is that exactly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those, and those hearing... combined experiences means that they don't have to be locked away in a closet somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and the, I have found that that stories are so powerful because they can they can provide people with hope um, that they may not have had. Hey, yeah, that guy kind of went through uh, some of the same things that I did. Every single person I interview, there is some kind of there is there there is something that we both went through. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I get to listen to these different stories and get to know these people, these wonderful, amazing people um, with so many talents and so much to say. Absolutely. um, That um, I'm finding that people are wanting to come on and talk. And I really love the fact that uh, recovery is kind of taking a different route. So, but let's do some introduction for you, uh, for my fans. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, Sounds good. Um, I too run a, uh, I I run a recovery group. I'm a recovery coach. My name is Autumn Rock and I run Rock Life and Success Strategies known on Facebook and online as Rock Life Recovery and Success Strategies. And we talk about the hard things too. We talk about PTSD. We talk about um, people who are recovering from domestic violence. We talk Mm -hmm. about all sorts of of things, you know. I'm also um, an equity, diversity, and inclusion specialist. Okay. And a lot of what I focus on in in recovery realms, you know, after – and I should qualify myself. So I – Okay. uh, I – 
grew up in a really tough situation. I have um, intergenerational violence uh, as a part of my story, intergenerational trauma as a part of my story as an indigenous woman uh, of Métis descent and um, I'm a 45-year-old lesbian. You know, Uh there's a lot of call for for equity, diversity, and inclusion in my world and in my life and in my personal experience. So I didn't land here um, at 20, soon to be 24 years clean and sober. Wow. Um, running my own podcast, Pride Society president for my local chapter, mm-hmm. um, you know, working for the Canadian or working with the Canadian Center for Women's Empowerment, um, doing all these things by accident. Yeah. I came into them because they matter to me and because I've mm-hmm. experienced the need for them firsthand, yeah. if that makes any and- sense. Certainly, absolutely. It was something that you went through, got past, and now it's become a passion. Totally. Absolutely, it has. You know, because people said, Dion, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a recovery personality. And and what that does, it allows me to be anything that I need to be at the present moment. It doesn't mean I'm wearing a different hat. It just allows me to be free to be able to do that. and then once you were, once you got to that point, then your intentions were like, well, my intentions are to help other people now. And this yeah. is how I enjoy it. And once our intentions get in line with our goals, that's when everything starts kind of falling together. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, that, that living in purpose, right. We often talk, I, I also have the honor of, um, I was, asked to first I was asked to speak then I was asked to help co-found then I was asked to help produce something called the women who inspire conference Mm -hmm. and um, we in that group often talk about living in purpose on purpose yeah and so we wake up (laughs) right in purpose on purpose that's right yeah so we you know that we we talk about waking up in the morning and you'll see this in recovery groups as well especially in the 12-step factions where you get up in the morning and you you pray and you get centered Mm -hmm. and you ask to be of highest service throughout your day Mm -hmm. and i spent the first 20 some years of my recovery solely in 12-step programs and Mm -hmm. so as i was walking through those i shouldn't say solely you you know, but 16 years for sure. So okay. Yeah. And then I had to get into uh, a more trauma informed practice Yeah. because I needed that. And I didn't mm-hmm. know that I needed that, which was a downfall for me actually mm-hmm. in recovery, Yes. which is why mm-hmm. part of my mission these days is to really shoot towards a more diverse practice in mm-hmm. recovery as well. Sure. Because I, th- I don't know about you, Dion, but sometimes I've experienced this ridiculous idea, and it seems ridiculous to me, but I'm not sure, sure. it actually is, but it, it feels ridiculous. And that's okay. That, your feelings are your feelings. You can right, own that. Nothing right, wrong with absolutely, that. absolutely. And so what, what, what I see is that people are, are, will subscribe to this idea that there's some sort of one-size-fits-all recovery mm-hmm. practice for people certainly mm-hmm. and you know to me and i've said this a few times and i've spoke about it from the stage but you know it's just doesn't if we really break that down you know mm-hmm. we all are recovering from significantly different maybe forms of trauma maybe forms of manifestation of sure. 
what that is reflecting out into our lives. Some of us come into, you know, come, come into recovery with a, with an alcohol or a drug issue. Then next mm-hmm. thing we know, we have a, a, a sex addiction. After mm-hmm. that, we're looking at, you know, food stuff, you know, all of these sorts of things can pop up. So if you've got all this diverse sets of needs, mm-hmm. how then do you not apply a diverse approach to meeting those needs? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so I do know what you mean. And 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 you guys, so that's young gonna kind of catch up our audience here. Mm-hmm. The reason because we weren't gonna record today, but we decided that we were going to record because we felt that this was an important topic. And we were talking about not feeling safe at AA. Sometimes it's it's and I don't want to say all because yeah, there's a lot of this was a particular group. This was a particular situation and I've had it a few times. It was a particular situation where I've, I've gone into the recovery realm and I've told people that I'm a coach, for instance. Yes. And I'm 24 years in, in recovery. (laughs) I'm another, I'm another seven years in in trauma recovery. I've been through codependent training, food Mm -hmm. addiction training, um, trauma training. Mm. I've, I've, I've got international certification to be a recovery coach, Mm -hmm. which means that I can legally be licensed to recover in, I think it's something like 32 different countries around the world. Yeah. It's something like that. It's something like that. So I'm, uh, like I'm well-trained individual here mm-hmm. with a ton of personal experience mm-hmm. and just the mention that I was a recovery coach had people aggressively in one of these random Facebook groups aggressively come after me, mm-hmm. calling me a um, self-appointed guru of Ooh, recovery dollars. And I thought, <laughs> Wow, you know, Man, and, that is, that's and a I good was getting line, but hit on multiple yeah. directions, right? Now, what about this bugs me, I guess, is is a lot of things, but one, it was from this sort of 12-step is the only way faction. Sure. And now, don't get me wrong. I think 12-step is a perfectly oh, fine yeah, way yeah. to recover. Yeah, if we love it. AA, don't, you, yeah. Do yeah. it. You know what I yeah. mean? But the fact is, is that if it worked for everyone, we wouldn't everyone have sober. Yeah. yeah, and we wouldn't have an overdose epidemic. We wouldn't yeah. have a whole bunch of people going out because the you know because the one size would fit all, but it doesn't. Exactly, yeah. it doesn't. And so when we talk about diversifying or something else, you know, taking a more wide wider view, or maybe. What we talk about in She Recovers is, mm-hmm. um, and, and that's another group that I, I am so honored that they, they, I have a special designation through okay. them for, for coach training. Okay. And so I get the honor of coaching their meetings from mm-hmm. time to time and working with the women cool. that are there. Good and so you. I get to have this as a professional, I get to lead these professionally, um, led groups which to me carries it one step further than the mm-hmm. peer support business yeah right? it, carry, it carries some weight yes it does it does you know and so 
anyways, I get to sit in these meetings and we call it paths and patchworks, which means that we all have a, you know, you can apply a, a, a diverse lineup or a diverse path to your own recovery, mm-hmm. grabbing from what a whole variety of mm-hmm. different skills and tools yep. and people and needs. You know, some people need a coach and they need a therapy and they yep. need and they need 12 step groups. Yep. I'm I have all three. <laughs> yeah, which is fabulous. <laughs> yeah. And Get I, those and needs I, met. That's and you know and coach, what was I gonna cover on that? It, you know, even the big book, all right? Because I'm a big book thumper. I have it memorized because I've been reading it since 1989. Yeah. doesn't make me a thumper. But the big oh, book yeah. tells you if you are having problems that doesn't fit here, go seek help. It, it tells you to do it. Which is very and, interesting because they also say that that we don't, but it's, now I'm going to misquote this because I, okay. I, I have misquoted it before. <laughs> but it says something from the founder of uh-huh. AA. It says, We do not have a monopoly or we do not hold the cornerstone Corn- yep. of recovery mm-hmm. for alcoholics. Yeah, that'd right? be, that would be very, very egotistical of us to think that. Well, this is the problem I have then. Later on, when I mentioned diversity in recovery, mm-hmm. and people come at me as though mm-hmm. this, like, as though I've betrayed AA as a whole. Yeah, I've gotten that a few times you know, too. Or betrayed the people in those groups. I've mm-hmm. not done any of that. I'm just saying that you know we have a diverse needs, and it's yeah. okay for us to find different ways. Different well, you weren't paths. going to your AA group to pick up clients. Gosh, you, no. You're at you know, and everybody has a different kind of job. Just because yours is a recovery coach doesn't mean you don't get to bring it up. You well, know? and why do we support treatment centers, but mm-hmm. then somehow come after, you know, what's the difference there? Yeah. You know, there so there isn't. But it's just, I think whenever we make changes, mm-hmm. whenever we start to apply new concepts, people get afraid. Mm hmm. Well, they get fearful and they get when we when we went to Zoom, look at how many people we lost. Right. You know, yeah. the rooms are just now getting back to what I would call normal. Yeah. A yeah. normal level of people. Yeah. But yeah. when it first happened, half the half of everybody I knew is gone. Yeah. You know, because um it was a new concept and they weren't willing to change. Yeah. Sometimes that's hard for people in recovery to do yeah. you know and yeah. if they didn't have that tool or if they didn't have a recovery coach or a sponsor or a therapist that says hey no you got to do this you or know, you got to do may, something right? yeah <laughs> maybe you don't have to do this mm-hmm. but then what are we replacing this with so that you yeah. can get your recovery needs met exactly you know when when i have clients or sponsees what i tell them is recovery is like a very huge puzzle where everything fits together. So it doesn't matter what piece you decide to pick up, whatever your picture, your puzzle needs to look like is how you're going to make it look. Yeah. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to provide you with those pieces of recovery. What you do with them is, is up to you. You know, it's your experience and you need to go through that. Completely. Yeah. And and that, that, 
that's going to involve, you know, I was a year sober and I had an anxiety attack and standing in the middle of the grocery store and I was lost. I can relate. I had no idea where I was. Mm-hmm. And I spent the next year in my room yeah. you know, and I went to therapy and, you know, I didn't, I, I, I knew something was wrong. I didn't know this, but so I'm like having anxiety attacks beyond my control and I start seeing a therapist and he's like, Dion, have you ever thought that maybe you have PTSD? I'm like, no, I'm like, you know, I was never in the armed forces. Don't, don't take that away from that. You know, right? trying right? to discount it. This is exactly took, what I did. And that's exactly, you know, that's what it is. It's denial. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I still don't know where all my trauma is coming from because trauma blocks out certain parts of your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still more there. I don't know if I'm ever going to get to it or not, but I am going to every day utilize what I can to make myself a better person. Well, you know, Dion, I have a very similar story, um, except for uh, I sobered up in 1997 mm-hmm. and I went the first 16 years of my recovery applying the principles of 12 steps mm-hmm. like i was doing the work i was sponsoring tons of people i was doing the steps i was running step groups i was being of service mm-hmm. i was praying and praying and praying to something outside of myself i was doing all of that right and i was feeling as though i was getting a bit more um unwell as the years passed by and i was like how and God's green earth, am I getting more unwell? I must be doing it wrong. So I would try harder and I would journal more and I would take more of an inventory and do all that sort of thing. Well, then my, um, my, my closest person to me at the time mm-hmm. passed away. Okay. And I had a complete PTSD breakdown. Yeah. I was 16 years Mm-hmm. In, in recovery yeah. before I was diagnosed with PTSD. Mm-hmm. And here I was trying to apply principles of what I needed to do to stop drinking yeah. to this very other, this very clearly other process of mental health problem, which didn't work at all. It was quite terrible, actually. Sorry about that, everyone. We had a little bit of technical difficulties, but um, you were talking about uh, 16. I don't know how much everybody got, um, but you were talking about, uh, you know, you were at 16 years sobriety when your PTSD hit. I'd like to requalify that. Yeah, yeah. So I was at 16 years of recovery before I was diagnosed with PTSD. Mm -hmm. And I was applying those principles, those, you know, those principles that helped me get sober, Mm -hmm. but, but couldn't, but actually were almost the opposite of what I needed for, for dealing with PTSD and we're actually making my PTSD worse. So what Mm -hmm. I discovered as a solution, of course, was to apply a different, you know, to apply different things to my recovery, to learn, to come back to my body. And and so Mm -hmm. it was beautiful because at first 
reconcile the idea that I needed to surrender my will in my life over to something outside of myself. Mm-hmm. And because that was my, that was my a, that was my 12 step teaching yes. about, about addictions. And then on the other hand, what I recognized with PTSD was that I needed to come back and reconnect with myself yep. and my own body. Mm-hmm. I needed to learn to ground into my very senses, like my eyes, what I was seeing, what I was hearing, what I was feeling physically, I needed to reconnect to me. Mm -hmm. And so at first it became a bit of a dichotomy. It became like this idea of, well, how do I connect to God and connect to me and do all this sort of stuff? But then after practicing that connectedness, practicing that coming into my body, what I recognized was that my higher power, the creator that I speak to about Mm -hmm. guiding me, lives in my very cell structure. So it's a part of me. My spiritual practice is no longer something that I, I seek for outside of myself. Yes, It's something that I believe to be a part of my very being if that absolute. makes sense it makes absolute sense i believe that god lives in my heart yeah so there's a um, there was an integration of the two practices yes of this diverse need. and it works very very well right i thought i thought one of the neatest things you know obviously not while i was going through it but when i started practicing the skills that they gave me I found out a lot more about myself. I felt a lot more connected to myself. So yes, I I understand that because the more I understand myself, the more I can help other people. Um, The more I can get out, the more I can let people know, hey, you're not alone in in this, you know? Um, And yeah, sometimes it can be hard to reach out to somebody in therapy or something like that, but... Uh, you know well and it's expensive too like let's let's look at that right like when we're talking about equity diversity and inclusivity right which Mm -hmm. is interesting because um here here we are together we're a bit of a diverse lot my just the two of us you know what i Mm -hmm. mean so you're a 50 year old white male from denver where colorado colorado Mm -hmm. and i am a 45 year old uh indigenous uh, white presenting indigenous woman mm-hmm. from Vancouver, who's mm-hmm. a part of the LGBTQ 2SI plus group, right? Yep. And and part of the trouble, or part of the part of both the trouble and the solution, right? Problem and solution together. Yes, I get it. Is that we can get into these factions where we only want to speak to people that we relate to. Mm-hmm. We only want to talk to people about what what we're going through, and then what happens is that we we often don't get to see and get to relate to this, again, diverse mm-hmm. um, group of people that are really at our, at, at our fingertips. They're really, yeah. we can connect with them in meetings and also if we have the courage, you know? That's it. And as we were walking into this meeting, now you had said something about, because we, we started talking about Recovery Podcast was what we had mm-hmm. in common. And then what we realized was that we had a lot to teach one another. Yep. And so we, um, we began to talk about uh, equity, diversity, and inclusion, and the mm-hmm. equity, diversity, and inclusion pledge, which I sent you, and yep. you signed, and, and then it. you shared you it around, and beautiful. And I'm going to reshare it after this podcast, guys. Actually, I'm going to put a link of it 
in the uh, on my podcast. So, uh, hey guys, go check it out um, and go sign it. And yeah, I know. I know yeah. my. I know a bunch of my friends well. And you can find that at www.change.org forward slash safe culture. Safe culture. Safe culture. So if you look up that, then we'll find a way that we can diversify and, and we can better understand what we're even talking about when we talk about equity and, and diversity. Yeah, because when you brought it, it up to me, I, yeah, until I did a little bit of studying on it, and we talked about this a little bit before too, is, you, you know, I'm a white heterosexual male and I'm learning, you know, yeah. I'm 50 years old and, you know, because what we, I, I feel like what I say matters and I want to be respectful to other people. It really does matter. And Thank you so, for saying that. And, you know, so I've had a couple of friends like yourself that have been saying, hey, no, Dion, it's not they and, and them. You know, you got to get out of the they's. And so, you know, and I'm learning. Yeah. You know, because yeah. um, sometimes get we don't those realize. People, right. Those That's people it. do this differently. Those people that those. People yeah. That, you know, no, it's not those people. It's we people. We, we, we the people. people. We yes. the people. And we need to relate better to one another. We mm-hmm. need to treat one another, another with dignity and respect. Right. That's it. Yeah. And so as we were talking, has that opened you up to any, any, like, how has that broadened your world? Has it broadened your world? Well, well certainly it has. I mean. Now I feel a little bit more comfortable talking about what I need to talk about too. Nice. Um, I feel that that's important because I don't want, you know, even if like somebody told me something, I don't want to repeat it if it's a lie, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and it's just not something that I want to, it's not something that I want. What, what's the best way to put it? I would like to, it, it'd probably be, I would like to educate other people on it. Mm-hmm. So now when I hear it, Instead, you know, I don't have to be a jerk, but I can still get it across, you know. Um, and so I'm kind of learning that portion right now. Where Where's Dion's balance in that community? Because alcohol and drugs doesn't care who you are, and neither do I. I mean, no. I care who you are. I care for you, but I'm not no. going to give you – I'm not going to act differently because you are something It's not really – I know it's unconditional love and I don't so much so and I don't have conditions so much so and you know I was we were I was just speaking about that with someone this morning that we can get into this idea that you know that there's some sort of competition for validity or there's yeah. some sort of competition okay yeah. for recovery formats or there's some sort of you know competition that we need to really just, you know, I'm more important than you because of this or this or this or this, or I'm mm-hmm. more diverse even than you because of this, this, or this, or this, you know? But the yeah. fact is, is, is you can't be more diverse than anybody else. <laughs> you can't be more diverse yeah, than anybody be, else. Diverse implies be... that we're just, we're all different. We all have our journeys. We all yeah. have our understandings of the world. And when we open ourselves up to including people, with mm-hmm. a variety of understandings, yeah, in a well, way that's, that's you, equitable. You can't be more pregnant. No, and you so can't it be either more is or is it. That's a good point. I never thought of it that way. That's a that's a very good viewpoint. I like that. Right, and, and just because you're a middle aged middle aged white dude from Colorado, Colorado doesn't mean you're any more or less diverse than I am. 
Correct. Well, and I think, I think you and I are proving it. We're both podcasters and in, and in a business world, we would, um, we, you know, usually it's not, we would be competition. That's the word I was looking for, but this is recovery and that's not how recovery works. No. You know, you you and I are going to do that together. Exactly. We can't afford that. We can't afford that because like you said, um, because addiction doesn't discriminate. Trauma exactly. doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. Trauma doesn't say, oh, you know what? I'm going to inflict myself only upon this faction of people. Yeah. No, it just, that's not the way it works. And so recovery mm. cannot discriminate. Either. That's right. So, because, well, you know, we're all human that. beings when it comes down to it. We're just all being humans. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So I'm really looking forward to more talks with you, Autumn. And, uh, so the audience knows we are talking about doing this uh, uh, at least once a month where we're going to come on and um, and discuss the, uh, discuss some harder topics. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'm today really we're tackling equity, to. diversity and inclusion. We're mm. tackling, you know, that there is no one size fits all in recovery, but we have a ton of topics to talk about. We, really we do. do. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. Yeah. And, you know, we uh, I think you and I are on the same page. Um, but I also feel like if something did come up, like maybe a little bit of controversy, I think you and I would be able to sit on here and be able to work it out and show other people what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to agree on anything to be agreeable. I mean, that's right. You know, and to treat each other with, with dignity and respect, we can flat out disagree Mm -hmm. and still be respectful to one another. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the tough talks. Yeah. I don't shy away from the depth. Uh, (laughs) Me, me either. Um, I actually enjoy going there because then I find out more about myself. Yeah. Yeah. This is why I do this. I'm learning more and more about myself. It's yeah. I love educating people, but I'm fascinated with me. (laughs) Well, and, and you know what, what I find is that healing starts inside. That's it. Everything starts with me. And so until I find an integration within myself, it's very difficult to communicate an integration outwards or to help groups or people or other people integrate. So as I integrate Mm -hmm. further within my own recovery and find my own patchwork and pathway to recovery, Mm -hmm. um, the better I'm able to respect other people's pathways, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. And I think that's a, I think that's a great place to leave this. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's Thank a, that brings, uh, we can end with, uh, with a lot of hope. Yeah. 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 There's so much hope. There's, you know, we, we're changing the narrative every single day. The more people who are in recovery mm-hmm. and the, the more people like us who can say 24 years, six years together with 30 years mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of ongoing in a row. Yeah. Sobriety and recovery. Yeah. And we're growing each day and we're mm-hmm. sending that message out to the world. Yep. So I'm proud of us. I'm proud of anyone who's reaching for recovery yeah. today. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, Autumn, for being here. For my audience, my ending tagline, have a day. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Take care. Bye now. You too. Thanks, Autumn.